podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast, episode 218. I'm Trev Downey coming to you as ever from the under construction study in my home in a field in beautiful rural Ireland. And I'm joined as ever by self-proclaimed scouts, honey, Carl Kopak, and self-proclaimed food terrorist, Cam Branch, while in the background always observing and offering up hot takes in the chat box whilst watching Blacksmith Bake Off is Guy Drinkle. Now, to start today's show... Uh, again, these things uh, at the top of the show are kind of from our week's experience. And as the most Irish of men, it sometimes pains me to admit the truth of stereotypes, what with us being, I think, amongst the most caricatured race on earth. But uh, anyway, if my own life spent amongst my countrymen and women tells me anything, it's that booze is, in fact, the lifeblood that has run through the best and the worst of us, the writers and the bullies, the artists and the rogues, and even gentle listener, the occasional writer, podcaster. And this has been a poignant and troubling week for me personally, and uh, with stunning predictability, it saw me reach for the bottle as a kind of balm to soothe the ugliness. And I was reminded of two men that I idolize who write what can only be called searingly insightful lines in their incredible fiction about the gift and the curse that is alcohol. The first of them is from Dennis Johnson, and this is from Jesus' son, which has a, an apostrophe issue we'll address later. And it goes like this. When he was dry, he believed it was alcohol he needed. But when he had a few drinks in him, he knew it was something else, possibly a woman. And when he had it all, cash, booze, and a wife, he couldn't be distracted from the great emptiness that was always falling through him and never hit the ground. And again, like I said, that's Dennis Johnson from Jesus' Son. And Wow. Uh, and the next one is... Well, yeah. welcome everyone. Cheers. Cheers. And the next one is from Raymond Carver, who's uh, equally uh, equally uh, booze-addled uh, and wonderful writer. This is from uh, where I'm calling from, a collection of short stories of his that, look, I can't recommend that enough. Same with the Johnson book uh, earlier on. And this is just a nice little pithy quote to end this uh, opening, uh, apart from me. Booze takes a lot of time and effort if you're going to do a good job with it, which I like. Uh, Carl. Uh, now that I've brought down the tone, uh, you can liven things up uh, by giving us your opening thoughts. How are you getting on, my friend? Well, um, uh, we start with an opening quote every week on this. And as I said last week, I tend to uh, to talk about what's basically been on my mind. And um, my mind's basically been on basically mucus and phlegm, thanks to yet another cold, um, or the same on returning. But a um, little bit of a, a sort of insight into my admin today. I recently just, uh, maybe an hour ago, I walked back from the um, the dry cleaners to pick up a coat, and uh, and as I saw that, um, I looked up at the heavens, and it reminded me of this quote: "In awe, I watched the waxing moon ride across the zenith of the heavens, like an amber chariot towards the ebony void of infinite space, wherein the tethered belts of Jupiter and Mars hang, forever festooned in their orbital majesty." And then I, <clears throat> and as I looked at all this, I thought. I must put a roof on this toilet. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It sounds like Douglas Adams, but what is it? Les Dawson. 
I absolutely <laughs> love Les Dawson. <laughs> Les fucking Dawson. Ah, oh, brilliant. Yeah. Um, again, again, for people who don't know Les Dawson, he was a very sort of uh, 1970s stand-up comedian, but he was famed for having a particular gift of language. He was a very, very poetic man, always delivered with uh, with a sort of deadpan snarl. And that, uh, I think he's that, incredibly underrated, man. He's incredibly underrated. That crowd of comics that were sort of on the go when we were very, very young and lasted all the way through into 80s TV when we were a little bit older. Um, you know, you know the ones. There's a whole uh, sort of posse of them. But of them, I think, yeah, Les Dawson, just the wit was always there, the, the incredible, insight, insightful wit. And, you know, he was actually the most... I'd say one of the most underappreciated because he had this thing he used to do, kind of gurning thing that he used to do with his face. Yeah. So he just looked like a sort of buffoonish figure, but he was also very, very sharp, you know. Yeah, um, very erudite. Very, very erudite. erudite. Yeah, I agree with you. Bob Monkhouse as well. I'd, I'd put in the in the in the clever category. Yeah. Uh, lovely, nice that. Uh, nice sort of uh, nice way to 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 lift the mood after my um. My oh, sorry, can, I, can I explain why I said that? Um, because if you look at the moon, um, if you're hearing this. Uh, on the day it comes out, it's because it moves around a bit. The thing, ne- the big bright thing next to the moon is Mars at the moment. As usual, uh, the Carpac Astronomy Corner is is strong. Yeah. Look um, at it. Look, the, the, the big thing to the top left today uh, of the moon, which is in its first quarter, is the planet Mars. Can't miss it. I'd love to have a chat with uh, the two of you and maybe get Guy involved at some point in the near future about Mars and all the Mars-related stuff. It's an obsession of mine at the moment. Uh, there's even a new TV series, well, that's about three TV series, um, with Sean Penn that I'm watching at the moment. I'd love to I'd love to get into all that. We will. I'll, I'll, I'm going to earmark it right now as a future topic. Um, Mr. Branch, how are you getting on this week? Any any uh, opening ideas for us? Talking about Mars, actually, my, uh, my lad would be better off being in that pod. Uh, He's only nine, but he, he he loves astrology and all that. He's whoa, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Cam, uh, Carl's going to get pedantic with you for a second. I feel. Go ahead, Carl. Pedantic. It's correct. Thank you. <laughs> Astronomy. Astronomy. <laughs> My apologies. God Almighty. <laughs> it's, uh, proverbial slip of the tongue. I do apologise. Okay, I'll turn the car around now. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll come back home again. <laughs> but it, 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 um, his mum's probably into the astrology, and he's into the astronomy. I do apologize. There you go. There yeah. You go. So, um, but yeah, um, it, uh, I, I think I told you before. I bought him a telescope so he can uh, look out at the sky. But we need to find somewhere dark and rural, so I might have to bring him over to Ireland. Eh? <laughs> Bring him to. I listen. The sky above my house is like a, a constant source of wonder to me, and I've got I've got about three apps on my phone. Uh, I got one recently called just called the Night Sky. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this, Carl. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's but it, it's it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty wonderful. Has he got? Does he have a smartphone? Yeah, no, he's got it on his uh, tablet. Oh so yeah, brilliant. He, so brilliant. so he's he's just scanning all around with it, and you can see all the all the astrology signs, can't you? On there, so. Um, you know, don't, make, you don't, make, don't make me beat you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving I, this. I see the I see the pod has started the way last week's finished with you being violence. Yeah, <laughs> brain just dropping grenades left, right, and center uh, on purpose. Right, my quote for the day. Yeah, Here we go. go ahead. Perhaps it has been too uncomfortable for those with vested interests to acknowledge that we have spent the best part of the past century enthusiastically testing the world to utter destruction. Not looking closely enough at the long-term impact our actions will have. Mm. 
Lee Catamount. <laughs> Adam Lallana. <laughs> Adam Lallana. Yeah. Well, I can't say Jordan Henderson now, can I? <laughs> no, no. Uh, I, I, is, is, is it our buddy who, who, who's um, uh, pretending to be a, a, a world conservationist? Is it like is it someone reasonably famous yeah. and, and contemporary? Yeah, okay. Is it no. Al Gore? Is it Al Gore? No, no. Yeah, you were along the light, right lines. Uh, it's, it's birthday boy. Oh, you love a birthday show. Go on, Carl, have a guess. Is it my friend Al, who's 20 today? Happy birthday, Al. Hang on. Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely shameless, that. It's my oldest ha- mate's kid. Absolutely happy birthday, Al. Uh, but, uh, Cam, tell us. Bonnie Prince Charlie. Christ alive. Christ really? alive. You can't go quoting lizards on my podcast. Oh, but it was a great quote. Jesus. It's a good one. He is a bit of a, you know, uh, a he lizard. does like the environment, doesn't he? But, so, go on. You don't, you, you, he, he, he is he a lizard. He's just unfortunate to be born that way. They're shapeshifters, all of them. I know it. <laughs> this is a fact. Don't, 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 even, don't even test me on this. Uh, well, let's... <laughs> you are off the mothership right now, aren't you? Yeah, it's only a matter of time, pal. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. only a matter of time. Uh, let's, talk about, let's talk about football to get our pod started, as we always do. And uh, listen, the first thing I want to talk about is, I was just thinking if you guys could all maybe um, uh, sort of donate about maybe 50 euros uh, to me, um, all the listeners, for no apparent reason. Just because I'm going to finish uh, podcasting um, very soon, I'd really appreciate that. I know I haven't been getting money for it up to now, but uh, it would be nice, you know, in a, in a Scudamore-esque fashion, if you could all just throw uh, 50 euros to my PayPal. Um, thanks for that. What do we think of this Scudamore thing, Carl? Liverpool have got Liverpool have done some good things in the last week. They've done something about um free um sanitary products at the ground um which i think is a really good thing they're starting to look at the food bank issue in liverpool um yeah you know, jenny wants to look at football for food banks and that that account and the work they do across both liverpool and everton and this is just taking the piss that's it's no it's not doing anything else other than taking the piss and i saw a few people say oh yeah but i bet all the old yadars are going to uh start going Going on about this, yeah, we are because that's that's a disgraceful thing. Yeah, well, here's 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 here's, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Carl. I am actually someone's da, and I have incredibly strong opinions about yourself. I'll let me frame it, and then I'm going to come back to you for reaction. Let me just frame it for people who may not, uh, for whatever sort of uh, reasons, if they were um, hiding under rocks, have come across the constant palaver about it over the last uh, 24 hours or so. But it appears that. Um, our friend, Mr. Scudamore, is going to be receiving a payoff of something in the in, or sorry, not payoff, a donation of something in the order of what was the figure from each club? Is it in around 250? 250. About 250 grand um, per club, which will add up to, isn't it, around 5 million? Isn't it basically five, the, five million. A, fi, a, a little 5 million golden handshake for uh, Mr. Scudamore as he heads off into the sunset? Needless to say, it has aroused many ill feelings in people who realized that this guy has already been more than handsomely paid for the job that he did, and now he's getting a reward for nobody's quite sure why. Carl, you reckon that, you know, you pointed out the good things the club has done, but am I right in saying that the official position as we speak now, at least was earlier on, is that the club has not commented yet. Is that right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not blaming Liverpool at all. It's it's just the culture that, that pervades it. Liverpool haven't done a thing as far as I know. Um, I'd, I'd like to think that they won't do this, though, just because... They're doing so much good stuff at the moment. It's really, really laudable what the club are doing. 
Um, and then to be asked to sort of basically, um, yeah, can, can you just give us some money? I mean, I tried it myself on Twitter earlier today and uh, results have been mixed. No, actually, they haven't. They've been pissed off mostly. Yeah, my sense. Same here. I had nothing. I got nothing, man. I'm a pound a follower would do me. I'm more than happy with that. I know, yeah. I mean, I'm going to. I need to buy some followers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, you can understand people's frustration because the the game is fucking awash with money at the moment. Um, These guys, the likes of himself, They've got a a, a, a light, a whatever remaining years ahead of them, able to go and, you know, sit on X board and Y board and, and give talks here, there and everywhere and, and, and do consults and, and be paid ridiculous kind of work that, you know, the average person would not even consider work. Yeah. Showing, showing up type stuff, basically. So it's quite fucking offensive. And you can understand if it's if it was a thing that was going to happen, it certainly should, shouldn't have been uh, publicized in the way it is. And I mean, I, if, he's, if he's on the bones of his ass, then fair enough. If he lost his house or something yeah, like that, this, a natural this, disaster, but he's fucking loaded. But this is the thing. This is the thing. And Cam, I'll just I'll hop that. It's a good point that Carl makes. And I'll hop it off you as well to get your take on it. Because I thought when I heard it, what about all these poor bastards that used to play for the Reds and lots of other top clubs who have had to go into situations where they're selling their freaking medals because they don't have enough to put their kid through college or to pay the insurance or whatever it happens to be, or they get ill and they're forced to, to, to flog off whatever little few uh, trinkets that they had. Uh, which are beautiful memorials of a career, which was, let's be honest, probably infinitely more impressive than the majority of today's pampered lot. It's it's It really strikes a, a wrong chord on, on so many levels, doesn't it? Every single level. There's, there's no justification for this in any way, shape or form. Um, Scudamore has been the whatever at the Premier League, the head honcho, for 19 years now. He's currently on two and a half million pounds a year. He's definitely not short of a bob or two, unless he's been uh, in, investing in a cryptocurrency and it's all been consumed by a hacker or something, and he's penniless. You know, you you have to question why he he merits getting this money in the first place. If they say, yeah, here's here's two hundred fifty k each from all of us. Now give it to the charity of your choice. That's a slightly different issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But they haven't, but they haven't said that. All that's come out is he's going to get. You know, we're looking to raise. You know, this here's a suggestion. Here's a golden uh, handshake for earning us uh, gazillions of pounds a year, and that's what it is because he is primarily the main guy, the driving force in creating what is the Barclays or or what is the Premier League brand. Sorry, so. You know, you can't you can't disagree with what what he's done there. You can't disagree with what he's done in in creating the Premier League and making it this global thing and earning all these players now phenomenal amounts of money. And and that's that's great for them. But like you say, what about those who who were playing through injuries and they've got crippled knees and they're having to have knee transplants and hip replacements and because of all those years of uh, cortisone injections that have completely destroyed their bodies. What has been done for those that provided us with all those memories and those great moments and those championships? And Kenny those, Sampson. 
What about Kenny Sampson? Kenny Sampson is a prime example. Ray Kennedy. Yeah. When he was around. Yeah. You know, talk, talk, to, talk to us about this for a second, though, lads. Is there a possibility, I wonder, you know, that maybe we've jumped the gun? Probably not, you know. But is there a possibility that the adverse publicity that this has received may actually result in a situation where we will uh, inadvertently have a situation where he kind of feels under pressure to donate a big chunk of this, if not all of it, to some decent cause like that? I mean, is that that could be a possible upside to this because otherwise it's going in his skyrocket and that's it. Good night uh, off into his retirement and, you know, whatever. Uh, well, be, there's, be, there's, sorry, sorry, there's another question there though, isn't there? Whose idea was it? <laughs> that's, that's, the thing I, that's the first thing I thought. Would you, 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 you say- go out to everyone in, 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 in the typing pool and said, look, you know, I'm going right. I've been quite good. Any chance of, <laughs> or, or <it's, laughs> you'd, you'd imagine it'd be someone else, but I, just, I like the idea of being the first one. Um, so um, I, I'm finishing this pod in about 50 minutes, Trev. So for a go, any chance you could club together with the lads and you know yeah. buy me a, buy me a teapot or something? I don't know. Oh, no, we'll, get yeah. car- we'll get you a carriage clock. That's what you usually get for yeah. 20 years of service, isn't it? I'll, t- I'll take that. Yeah, a yeah. fucking carriage clock. There's a there's a blast from the past. Yeah. Uh, I'd say at least 74 percent of our listeners don't have a clue what a carriage clock. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, well, to, to you people, I would say go back and and watch some seventies game shows, including Blankety Blank with Les Dawson. Yeah, yeah, Les yeah, Dawson. Yeah. yeah, with his little microphone, that little stick of a thing, that little yeah. stick microphone. Yeah, they, I'll have a Blankety Blank checkbook and pen, please. Yeah. Oh, they. Oh, we all wanted one of them. Yeah, yeah, because you because obviously you had lots of money to be writing checks, but for fuck's sake, yeah, yeah, who uh, writes checks? <laughs> uh, go back and Google what a check is, people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and America, you're spelling it wrong. I was just going to say that. <laughs> Fucking hell, we're we're only a few. Uh, we're probably only a few years away from going back and googling what a pen is. So anyway, let's move <laughs> on. Uh, let's move on to uh, other football-related issues at the moment. Now that we've had a good old uh, old Lars moan at the start of the show, um, look, and uh, I'll come. I've I've went to you last. I'll start with you this time. Um, we we I know you missed the game right but i know you saw the goals and all the rest but there's a little issue that around that i wanted to talk to you about we, we heard the news today that um claudio ranieri had been appointed by uh our weekend opponents fulham um and mr yukanovic got the got the heave oh and I, I read somewhere that actually i think yukanovic was uh, ranieri's first signing for chelsea um, yeah, I saw that as well. when, when he was manager there so uh kind of a weird sort of a circular thing going on there um i think the kid uh yukanovic is hard done by um uh, I am, however, with my red tinted glasses on, absolutely delighted that we did not uh, have to be the ones who endured the new manager bounce. I think that was a, a real yes. touch of luck for yes. us. Uh, and I think as well, you can respond to that in a second. I think as well, uh, you know, you and Carl, and I'm going to sort of take you mildly to task about it in a minute. In a, in, a, in a less than serious way we're hoping that this is going to be another um, feast of goals it turned out not to be anything of the sort but there was something i thought and i said it immediately afterwards on raw something almost uh, in a in a mildly snide way delightful about winning 2-0 because we will not win this uh, title if we're going to win it on goal difference we will win it on points yeah um Ranieri first um i'm 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 like yourself uh, very glad they waited a week or so, um, you know, the the new manager bounce didn't affect us because all we always seem to get stung by that. Whenever somebody gets sacked, new manager comes in, inevitably, never, never, 
More often than not, so I can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> well done, man. That is cla- that's seamless, pal. I, 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 honestly, I'm I'm well impressed with that. That's that's, that's beautiful. I, I'm trying. I'm trying. That's so, um, like I say, more often than not, um, we seem to come up against a team that has a new manager, and they do us. You know, every time it happens, all, all, that's what I seem to remember. They do us, and, and we and we lose. So it's fantastic that um, they waited a week for us. Um, really appreciate that, uh, Mr. Khan. Um, I will buy you a Dr. Pepper next time I'm down in Fulham for you, mate. Oh, come yes. on, get him, get him something nice instead. Yeah. Well, I mean, well I'm, I'm assuming... I'm, what do you mean, get him something nice? Dr. Pepper is nice. That's quite a passive-aggressive thing to do. To go, to say you like him and then buy him a Dr. Pepper. What, yeah, what that's you? harsh, that. You know. Shame on you. Shame. <laughs> Drinkle, help me out here, mate. Um, <laughs> he is mute. There's yeah, no way a guy's coming off me. He just won't do it. He just yeah. won't do it. I've tried to encourage him. He won't do it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Powers. Yeah, nice one, guy. Thanks for that. So, um, but yeah, um, I, I think the the manager was hard done by. I think they uh, Fulham started off the season quite well. Um, Mitrovic was uh, uh, scoring goals uh, quite regularly. And, um, that, you know, they've made a lot of signings in the summer. Scherler's a good signing, I thought. Scherler is a good signing. He hasn't. Obviously, he's gone off the boil a little bit, yeah. I, I believe. And, um, you know, I can't, you know, what are Fulham's expectations? Yes, they want to stay in the Premier League. That's always got to be the first target, 17th and above. But it's only the first, you know, first, second week in November. It is, it is. But just to play devil's advocate, going into this game, their goal difference is minus 29. I mean, that is absolutely abhorrent it's 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 it, it's almost it's a point as, gone isn't it for it's, them well it is but it's also more than that psychologically speaking if if cities is worth a point and more psychologically speaking then it's absolutely the equivalent effect when you think about fulham's and now it's down to 31 because we put two more past them i mean it is yeah. it's atrocious considering the amount of games played to be that much in the red if you like um and that that is a sign of a team that's massively underperforming. And there's no like, I, I, here's here's what I would say to you about this. I, I you know I, I don't know a huge amount about Yukanovich, but by all accounts he's a decent coach, a decent manager. He obviously got them up in the first place. Now you would think, wouldn't you, that after week after week of shipping goals, that you'd say right, no more. And it seemed as if this was their best effort at that against us. And of course it would happen against us that they finally get themselves into some sort of defensive structure where. They actually had, let's say, 10 men, including the goalkeeper, and a really pissed off Mitrovic, really pissed off Mitrovic, occasionally giving a, giving a hand as well to the defence. And, you know, I think that's the main reason why our guys weren't able to do that that uh, wild, crazy football that we wanted to see, because there were no gaps and they rarely attacked. And when they did, um, it was quite cautious. They always had people back. Yeah, he was on his own, wasn't he? Mitrovic was up front on his own for ages, and he just kept getting picked off all the time. I think Fulham's biggest worry for me, if I was, if I was one of those, was um, was they, they defended really well to the goal, and then they just lost heart completely. You could just you could just see them. It's like you know that episode of The Simpsons where Ralph Wiggins' heart breaks. Yes, um, and, and yes. Bart plays with him slow down. That's what they were like. Yeah, yeah, you can see the moment. You can see yeah. the moment. Yeah. Just slowly yeah. wilting in front of you. Yeah. And and, not, and, the, and that's not good if you're in that sort of battle. Even though it's us and they're not going to win that game anyway. That's not good. You turn up for games like that. Mm. 
Well, talk to me a little bit then now that I have you about the lineup that went out because there is an argument to be made that in, in, considering that Naby Keita is not Naby Keita as we want him to be yet, that's probably our best eleven. Is it? Is that fair to say? I don't know about Fabinho still, um, because I think Fabinho is very good against teams who let him be good. Um, that's not to say he hasn't got talent, but I just haven't seen it against a, a, a decent team yet. Um, the front three is the front three. That's not great. It's just a midfield, isn't it? Really, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the fullbacks as they are, and um, I think Trent can be a bit up and down sometimes, which I think is why he occasionally brings Lovren and puts Gomez on the right. But um, yeah, that's pretty much as strong as you're going to get, I think. It, it really is, isn't it? And as you know, obviously there's an argument to be made that if Naby Keita starts to do his thing, that you know, obviously he's going to be in there, and maybe it's Ginny Wanaldum that, that that drops out, and 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 himself and and Fabinho are are dynamic duo in the midfield, or maybe as you say, Fabinho is uh, maybe yet to impress everybody in across all levels and different opposition. Uh, maybe he he drops out and somebody else comes in. Maybe it's just Keita, but you you'd like to have more of a screen there. Maybe Wanaldum does that job. I think he's been comparatively consistent over the course of the season. I think you have to give him credit. There's, there's an not, argument he's player of the year. Yes, except you could say also on a couple of reasonably notable occasions, he was a little bit AWOL. Now, on those occasions, you could say other guys were too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've, I've never, I haven't seen a game this season where I thought, my God, he's stank the ground out because I'm too busy shouting at other people. To be honest, so when he when he goes missing, the others do. Yeah, I mean Belgrade's the big biggest example, I suppose. Yeah, uh, possibly possibly Napoli, but um, but yeah, I mean, and I think there's an argument for that. I mean, he isn't Player of the Year. That, that, that's that's Andy Robinson. But um, uh, I, I I think I can go through the other people before I get to drop him when Alden. Yeah, that is a very good shout that Carl makes there, Camus, and that Andy Robertson. He's just endlessly excellent. It, it, you know, he, there's. I heard somebody describe it recently. I think it was maybe Dave on Raw talking about how, you know, his role is very straightforward, maybe even in comparison to Trent's in terms of what he has to do. And I meant to take Dave to task on, on, the, on the day because I think he's every bit involved, every bit as much involved in terms of, of, of build-up play as as, uh, as Trent is. But I understand the point he was making, that Trent really uh, has... You know, I suppose a bit more finesse uh, to his game and and, and probably a, a higher ceiling than than Andy Robbo. But in terms of just doing the task that we want him to do, is there anybody this season who's who's performed better over the course of the games? Joe Mass? Yeah, it's arguable. Yeah, that's yeah, a good shout. I mean, if uh, John Stones was nearly fifty million quid, what's Joe Gomez worth right now? I think I think the difference though, Cam, is, is he's got to do two things. Robertson's got to do two things. He's got a whole flank to look after, and I don't—I can't remember a time when he's been caught out in either way. No, no. Got, uh, but, I think that's, the that, that's the modern. That's the modern fullback now. Yeah, and um, uh, he's been exceptional. Um, I, I'm just throwing Joe Gomez in there because I think Joe Gomez has been exceptional. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, uh, everybody knows my love of Joe Gomez. I've, I've said it often enough on the show. But you're right, Andy, uh, Andrew Robertson. Uh, there's a reason he's in my uh, fantasy Premier League team because I know he, he's gonna he's gonna get points for me. I mm. He's just he is he's now becoming that totally Mister Reliable. He he's reminding me of Rob Jones, mm. and Rob Jones for me at the time was by far and away the best right back in the league. There was nobody better. Yeah, that kid had the, he had the potential. Didn't yeah, he had not? everything. It to was just disagree. a shin splints, shin, shin splints, Dunham. 
I I, th- I think he had the potential to be a, a great. Um, he just didn't get enough games. Uh, you 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 take issue, Carl? When when you say far and away the best right back, he was. I don't think he was far and away the best right back at the time. He was. I think because I, th- I think Gary Neville was pretty good around then as well. I think Gary, he, Le- Gary, Gary I, Neville's first season, I thought he was absolutely stunning. I really did. Yeah, but I'm biased. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no one's asking for logic here. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, actually, so why are you over talking me here? On, <laughs> on, on the topic of logic, you, you've piqued my interest here, and I, the listeners will indulge a slight digression here because you mentioned something I had a long chat on Twitter um, about over the week with with somebody, which was the concept of fantasy football. Now, actually, it, it turned into a wider chat with a few people, and. It's a thing to me, like, I, I don't, I'm not interested in, in betting. I've never been into it. I absolutely have no issues with it whatsoever. Um, and lots of, I think I'm the only guy that I know who doesn't have, like in my area or the guys that I would speak to on a regular basis, the only one who doesn't have a Paddy Power account. I think I think I'm, I'm unique in that. I think most of the other lads would have one and they'd have various levels of activity on it, but an awful lot of them would have quite a regular activity on it. Um, so that aspect of things doesn't really interest me, the gambling part of it, or the sort of a see how we get on. I understand gamification of everything these days. I get that. But fantasy football to me, uh, Cam, and you brought it up, so I'm going to put it to you. Sure. To, to me, it's um, it's a good way to ruin watching a football match because you also, you uh, whereas I understand the idea of people always say to me, well, it's nice to have a bet on a match because it gives it a bit of interest. Whereas I think... You know, if you've got this fantasy football crack, it, it kind of takes the good out of it because you're rooting for X, Y, or Z to happen. And I don't know, man. I, I, I could never buy into it. I gave it a go for about two or three games. And went, I basically fucked it off pretty quickly. I, I couldn't be doing that. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally get that. But then at this, in the same breath, whoever you pick, whether they score you a goal or keep you a clean sheet, that's going to happen regardless. You know, it's going to happen. So for me, it's just a little bit of fun in a few leagues and I, I don't take it too seriously because the, it's not going to affect my life in any way, shape or form. Oh, no, no, I, I see. Yeah. I, I, it's not about it being anything serious. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to point it as, as a gateway drug or anything like that. What I'm saying is I, I, I mentioned betting because that's to me. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't bet on games myself. I would assume it's a similar sort of um, you know, impulse. You, you're, you're testing your knowledge of, of whatever it is. You, you, you think you're, you're reading up the game against other people. And that, like I said, gamification. But do you not find then that it leaves you sort of a little bit sort of uh, unnecessarily annoyed at times when you could be just watching a match. I, I don't, I don't, I don't worry about it once the games are on. Okay. I, yeah. What during a game? I, I, I mean, if it's a Liverpool player, and I've got a Liverpool player in my, in my team, then I'm going, yeah, brilliant. Um, but I'm going brilliant anyway. If, for example, I for right now I have Aubameyang and Aguero. If if it come, pops up that they scored, I'm like, well, at least I picked them. I'm more damn beat about it, but yeah, I don't let it affect me in any way like that. So everybody, each, everybody's uh, each their own, isn't it? The way they they treat it. Some people go over the top about it, and they're deadly serious about it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I I couldn't be like that. 
Yeah, look, I, absolutely, like you say, each of their own, and I can see how it could be very, very fascinating thing to be doing. It's just, I, whatever that button is in my brain, it doesn't ever get flicked on. But anyway, look, uh, I want to take both of you to task a little bit here about a phrase that you use in relation to this Fulham game, and you've used it regularly, and every time you guys use the phrase, fill your boots, we end up underperforming in terms of goal scoring. We had two one nils and then a 2 nil when we were expecting a, a raft of goals on, on actually, a, yeah, it was, yeah, two one nils and a, and a, and a 2 nil when we were expecting a raft of goals on each occasion. Um, Carl, like, I mean, do you feel that in some way there was an underperformance aspect to the weekend game or, or can we just really put it down to the fact that, look, Jukanovic was right up against the wall and one thing he was not going to do was leave his uh, side in any way cavalier? Well, I, I think the main thing is that Liverpool were excellent. Liverpool were absolutely excellent on Sunday. That's That's... It's one of the best performances I've seen, including a lot of the big wins. You know, last season, um, I just thought the the way we control that game was fantastic because we got to two 0 and we just thought if we can't get past you, we're just going to tie you out, and that's exactly what we did. I mean, they should have been that the ten men because of Callum Chambers anyway. And I know they've got the thing about the goal, which is load of bollocks if you ask me. But I just thought, I, th- I thought we basically just thought, Do you know what, two 0 we'll just take the points. That's fine. Yeah, we'll just we'll just go top, and that, and that's the priority after all. Yeah, look, BT were just desperate to create some sort of BT and that guy. I know I shouldn't do this, but I, I like to call it lads who are great. Like, for example, I think Lineker's fantastic at what he Very, does. Yeah, he really is. Genuinely think Lineker's fantastic. And he's he's quite often a BT. Um, but that other guy, that, that Jake Humphreys guy, he, he's just a spoofer. I can't take him seriously. And there's something about every time I watch a Liverpool game with him, there's always some sort of fake bonhomie banter bullshit going on in the studio that it's so try hard and they seem to be really desperate to get some sort of a, a one minute of madness type uh, narrative going on at halftime and like every, even their own graphics told the truth of the situation whilst they were patently lying to themselves over it it's not even dubious the offside it's not even dubious no no, and uh, I wrote about this and uh, this week, and, and I said, you know, the, people, people like the, there's a certain hypocrisy because, uh, as a columnist myself, I have to find things to write about and things like that are godsends. But I just, I really like the fact that Michael Owen just went, yeah, it's offside. I mean, there's, yeah. there's no discussion; it's just offside. And Liverpool did the right thing. This, this, my point in the article was, Liverpool did the right thing by thinking, yeah, it's offside goal. Not, oh God, you know, oh that was close. What do we do? No, it was you, you, you goal. Yeah, and that's and to- what I really liked about Liverpool's performance. Absolutely ruthless. And wait, wait, talk- wait! Michael Owen actually got something right. He got something yeah. right, yeah. Although yeah. Stephen Manor. Can, can we take know. a moment? Can we just take a moment for that, please, for that? Well, I've just also praised Gary Neville. So already, I've got I've got gangs with people with, with torches outside my house as we speak. Jesus Christ! Tiki, tor- tiki well, torches I'm, everywhere. I'm driving up to you now. Is <laughs> 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 another difference between astronomy and astrology, Brage? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> And this and, is before um, we get really if, if you put two sugars in there and stir it, yeah. <laughs> you know what you know you'll do now, Cam. Stand down, pal. Stand down. You've got you've got handed you've got handed your reverse. I've reverse back, don't yeah, worry. You've got you've got handed your arse in the plate there. I'm sorry. The, the, yeah. the, the, this is where Trev goes from host to umpire. <laughs> 15 love to uh cut back on this, on this look here, another time here, here's, the, here's the thing I wanted to talk about an aspect of that goal we always talk about our highlights of the week my highlight of the week is a, a thing again I think we discussed it on Raw I hope we did I have a feeling that we did but sometimes those things go by in a blur 
when you're looking at that goal and you know everyone's very quick to praise Allison for his quick thought um uh, Trent I thought his pass was typically uh, excellent on to Mo and Mo's taking of that goal one on one which he doesn't have you know uh, it, there's a reason why people were a little bit nervous because you know he scores fantastic goals he scores every kind of goal but occasionally he does sort of uh, uh, fluff those one-on-ones because of various reasons, but he took it so beautifully, and it's a, it's a gorgeous goal. The speed it's of it, lovely, yeah, and that's a good keeper as well. Good... Our mate Neil Poole was in the in the crowd, and he reckoned he texted me straight after. He said he thought that was the quickest counter attack he'd ever witnessed in Anfield. And I think that's quite saying something because Neil's at all the home games, and I thought that said a lot. But here's the thing, and this is what I want to say. Well, Why can not... I rival that though before you do that? Go on. What about, what about his goal against Arsenal last year? Well. Absolutely fair. But but my point on the goal itself was, uh, let's give credit where it's due to the guy who, you know, nominally I think should, he's always on the pitch, so he should be wearing the captain's armband. I don't understand it. But for what it's worth, all the, for, you know, the the British, uh, English League, Premier League, Ferrari about captaincy, um, it should be Virgil van Dijk. And Virgil van Dijk is shouting his arse off at Alisson and pointing at Trent and saying, get it going. And yeah. that's, that's important, man. Little things like that are important. Yeah, yeah, that's leadership. That That's spotting where the advantage is. Um, and because we did everything right and Fulham did everything wrong because if, if you watch Mitrovic, you're still talking to the linesman when the ball's over the halfway line. Yeah. I mean, if that that was us, I'd be going berserk at that. And Liverpool used to do that. I saw Glenn Johnson once argue about a penalty against Blackpool maybe 10 minutes after the incident, and we were 2-0 down, and he was still arguing. Yeah. And all I'm thinking is, any chance we can try and score? And yeah. they still going on the ref. You know, so that anyone who does that's fine by me. Yeah, no. To, to be to be fair, I, I was I was absolutely delighted, absolutely delighted with, with Virgil on that. Cam, you, the the other highlight of the match, and I'll, I'll let you speak about. It. I know you didn't see the match itself, but you saw the goals. Um, the execution of the second goal by my favorite li- little man in the world, uh, Jordan Shakiri, um, was a thing of beauty. Uh, there, there was something about the technique. There was something about the timing. There was something about the confidence. And there was something about the tongue sticking out afterwards. Man, I love that little fella. I love him. I think he should be in our starting 11 uh, every week at the moment because on form, I think he's arguably our most effective uh, performer. If you look at the stats, he's more than arguably our effect, most effective performer. Um, every 45 minutes, he's either got a goal or an assist. That is absurdly effective. Um, talk to me a little bit about your feelings around that second goal. Um, agree with everything you said. It was a goal of beauty. It was a finish of beauty. It, it, the way he, it curled into the far corner. So he curled it round the keeper. And to do that on the volley and the way he, you know, to get his body position right at that speed and to get that control on it, it, it that is just wonderful technique. It really is. And um, you're right, he's, he's, he's playing fantastically well. Um, and I did say on last week's pod, it was criminal that he didn't come on against Arsenal earlier. He did. Uh, um, considering he wasn't going to be playing in midweek. So to have played the full game and to have got a goal and, you know, that will do him the world of good as well. Um, because his confidence really will be sky high and he, he has to be a starter now, uh, for the next, for the next game. And, you know, whether that be in a four-two-three-one or a four-three-three, or a 
4-4-1-1, however Jürgen likes to play, because I saw some quotes from him today saying we, we go through all these formations throughout the game. So he just has to, he has to right now, whilst he's on form, continue to, you know, be in that team. But going back to uh, the score and expecting a shed loads of goal, I did say as well last week that um, even if we win 1-0, and as long as we play well, that, that's all that matters because it's about the three points. And you're right in what you said earlier, earlier Trev. Goal difference is out of the equation now. You know, it, it shouldn't be thought of. It's all about points and getting as many points as we possibly can to keep the pressure on City. Exactly. And we spoke about this last week. We talked about all the lads who are cry arsing about this. You know, oh, Liverpool just get their act together now. This generation, once in a generation, City side were up against them. Oh, and they're just, uh, their heads are down. They're like fucking Eeyore going around with big clouds over their heads. Lads, we are still so close to these guys and it's still in our hands in inverted commas because if we beat them we go ahead of them and all we got to do is keep pace after that in terms of points and we are there right this well, is well this... we were top of the league we were top of the league on sunday for God's sake, you know. yeah, I, yeah that's I just, outrageous it shouldn't be what allowed, you you want? But that's what i'm saying carl that's what i'm saying it's it, it, there's a there's a strange sort of thing going on now look let's pander to the lads who are a little bit upset with, with the way things are uh and, and lasses there's quite a lot of them as well i noticed that quite a lot of grumpy uh, uh, quite a lot of grumpy um ladies on my timeline uh during the during the um the last game um uh, moaning about various things for a play to them and 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 uh you know fair enough so let's 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 be fair and pander to that side of things for a second. And, you know, a lot of people are talking about because it's going to it's like it's international fucking fortnight. Jesus wept. Anyway, whatever it is, uh, our lads are off in the danger zone as far as I'm concerned. That's all this is to me. It's an opportunity for Reds to get injured. That's all it freaking is to me. I hate it. I detest it with a passion. But seeing as it is sort of downtime in terms of, of football matches to talk about, Everybody's starting to talk transfer, and you, uh, Carl, and I, uh, and Cam, were talking about um, some of the stories that are going doing the rounds at the moment. You don't have to tell me a specific player because, let's be honest, none of the three of us consider ourselves like expert foreign scouts or anything like that. What I'm talking to, what what, what I wanted to ask you about was a question I asked Jan Malby in the last pod. Uh, where we had a bit of downtime was if you could at this stage uh, claim an early Christmas prezi for the Reds. Where would you go? What area of the park would it be in? Or do you have a specific target? Fernandinho. <laughs> oh, Jesus wept. <laughs> I'll, I'll take him, thanks. Yeah, you've basically just robbed your next door neighbor's uh, present from under. Oh, I'll have, I'll have it, Silver. I'm, I'm not, I'm not fussy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, Bernardo Silver. Oh, Bernardo Silver. I'll take him on the loan, yeah. yeah. Ah, lads, come on. Let's not. Here's the thing, though. Can I, can I just say one thing about <laughs> can, can I just say one thing about you this? You started thing? it. I know, but you, you, you've, you've wound me up now, man. You've wound me up because there's something about the awe with which people speak about City uh, that sort of rubs me the wrong way. Yes, they are fantastic footballers. Yes, Pep is a wonderful manager who's got them playing wonderful football. But if you do have those resources and you don't achieve that, then you are underachieving. So they are, I think, doing what they should be doing. And it really sticks in my craw to hear the sort of defeatist uh sort of sigh and 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 uh you know ah well type attitude from a lot of reds who are talking about city and they talk about them in these hushed tones these reverent tones fuck those guys 
seriously, they're a good team. We can do better. We can do better. This this side under Jurgen Klopp can do better. I genuinely believe that. I, I, I would take issue with anyone who doesn't believe it because it to me that just that that, that just reeks of, of 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 lack of confidence in in what and you've no reason for it you've no reason to lack confidence the other side are good yeah but if everybody else just looked at the opposition and went ah you'll never beat them you never win then carl yeah um i, I mean i mean I'm, I'm right about this at the moment actually um do you know who our biggest rivals are at the moment blackburn rovers because they won the league and that's, I mean, that's my point. That's how ridiculous this is. I mean, City are great to watch. I like watching Manchester City. They do things really, really well. And I like the way they play and all that sort of stuff. But it's not forever. And and if if Man City slip up, I don't want a home draw against Fulham to be the thing that loses, loses us the league. So there's no point in moaning whatsoever about um, about goal difference or anything like that. I want us to be there in case they fuck up. And if they don't fuck up, then fair enough. But it's not going to be there forever um, because that's because football is, is a cycle. Um, Man United in the 90s I rem- and, and 2000s, I remember um, a football-focused special by Ray Stubbs, which was about the league is failing because Man United keep winning everything. What a problem that would be now. You've got yeah. to be there when they fuck up. It's as simple as that. And Man City are brilliant, and we're brilliant as well. And they've got the edge on us because they've got, you know, their first 11 is pretty phenomenal. And in fact, even though isn't playing for them as England captain now, ha! He said mockingly, fucking <laughs> uh, <laughs> now. Yeah, we, um, we, 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 we'll go sideways out of that in a moment because I've noticed we've already done the thing that we fear the most which is talking a lot of nonsense about football already um it's a good point you make and and look i I want to allow a a voice not a dissenting voice but a voice that goes kind of against the grain of what i was saying and and a lot of what you're saying there uh surprise surprise is the voice of cam brain she wants to talk about how wonderful city are i'm giving you all two minutes to talk about it it better be because it was a goal against manchester united cam totally (laughs) (laughs) um I just wanted to say, I mean, I, I watched the game that the I managed to get back from working time to watch the uh, the derby game, uh, United versus uh, City, and uh, I I was just astounded at the, the quality and how brilliant the the third goal was, and I just wanted to appreciate it from a footballing sense in that it's two one, it's the eighty fourth minute, and United had are doing everything they can, not that they were doing it very well, and to try and get a set piece and get the ball in the box to cause some havoc because all the commentators kept going on about was how much taller Man United were against uh, Man City and they they need to bring on Vincent Company to shore things up at the back. And so what does Pep do? He brings on uh, Ilkay Gundogan uh, in place of... um, To play Sterling as the nine. And he, he took uh, Mares off, didn't he? And yeah. uh, moved, uh, took Aguero off, and and put Gundogan on, and Sterling went as the nine uh, up top, and all that. And then they they do this with that, knowing that they stuck to their principles and beliefs. And this is where a lot of people go on. Oh, we need a plan B. You need a plan B. But City used their plan A, and their plan A was to do forty-four passes over nearly two minutes and score a, a, what was a truly brilliant goal. 
and in the context of it being a derby as well, I just thought it was just magical. And I just thought, that's football. That's mm. what you want to see. And I'm not trying to give City over praise. I'm just saying, in a footballing sense, that is what you want to see. You don't want to see a team bring on a defender in the last five, ten minutes to try and shore up a one-goal lead. You want to see your team go out and kill the game. Joel Matip? I didn't want to say it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, 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 the Joel Matip substitution. Wow, yeah. I still don't know what it is. But I don't know you, what but you, you do know what it is. The, the, the Joel Matip substitution is the name of our prog rock band. That's a fact. <laughs> we, are, we are taking that to the stage. What an uh, album that was. Can I play the triangle? <laughs> you can play the triangle, pal. Honest to God, the Joel Matip substitution is the name of the best ever prog rock band. Um, <laughs> it goes all the way to 11, etc. But look, I mean, uh, Cam, I'll take your point, but I'm not arsed about City. I'm not arsed about how good they No, no, they- no. I, I'm, 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 my point more was about football and what football should be. And how I think it, you know, it should be played, and I, I just think that um, really sums it up for me in the way the game should be played. Yeah. Also, I've got, got to say, words, I've got Leman- two words for you: the Reds. But anyway, go ahead. I was going to say, can I just say, Nemanja Matic for that third goal? <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they passed them to death. It's they didn't know what to do. They didn't know which way the ball was going. If you watch it again, once the ball goes in, he, he's facing the wrong way and he's looking over both shoulders. And it's, just <laughs> it's amazing. It's like Aaron Ramsey last season against like, at Anfield against us. Well, against when, when the goal's gone in, he's still talking to the linesman. I love that. <laughs> yeah, future red, Aaron Ramsey. Uh, careful, careful, careful. Nah, uh, you, mentioned, no, you mentioned something there, Carl, about uh, how Fab- Fabian Delph is tonight the England captain uh, in a game uh, which... Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Oh, sorry, tomorrow night. In a game in which Wayne Rooney apparently also features. Um, international football's deadly, isn't it? I've got a theory about this Wayne Rooney thing at the moment. And again, this is not going to be popular. I sort of, although he hates Liverpool, I quite like the fact he hates Liverpool because he should hate Liverpool. Being He's, he's an Everton fan. And that's because I don't always like the sanitised, oh, they're a great club. He hates us, which is fine with me. He has um, proper order. Proper order. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. Um, I do quite like the fact that the former England captain knows where the lobster pub is in Crocky. Because <laughs> me, me and Wayne are literally from about three streets away from each other. And um, Wayne Rooney isn't supposed to be England captain. The fact that he had that career, even though it was with them, I've got the, the tiniest sliver of appreciation for that. But bringing him on for, as his own little farewell thing. I mean, is the next game going to be hosted by the lovely Debbie McGee? I mean, are we really doing <laughs> guest spots now? <laughs> this, it's just nuts, you know. For yeah. one game only, here's Russ Abbott. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. By the I'm way, uh, about mockery. Jeez, for, the, for, for, for the listener, for the many listeners who haven't a clue what's just been happening for the last uh, thirty seconds or so, Carl was making reference to seventies and eighties television. Sorry about that, lads. Um, <laughs> okay. but anyway, look, I mean, I, I, I think, we all I, love Debbie, don't we? The lovely Debbie McKay. <laughs> I, no, but okay. Uh, <laughs> no, whatever. I have a question about that in a little while. Whenever you guys stop talking about fucking football, but you know, it, who knows when that'll be? Yeah, because we're the host, aren't we, Trev? Yeah, 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 yeah. we control this pod. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, you kind of do. But anyway, this, this is me embracing, high fiving over your <laughs> your prostate body on the floor. Yeah. Try some of that. 
<laughs> I hope it's my prostrate body as prostrate opposed to prostrate body. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we're well, not going to that. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, here's the thing, right? Here's the supine. Thing. I'll say supine. There you go. Supine's better. Oh, nice shout. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like a bit of supine activity. We'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> the, uh... Oh, it's all like you now, isn't it? <laughs> Title. Title. Supine. <laughs> Su- supine activity. Lovely. Yeah. Sorry, listeners, you can hear this. Supine. <laughs> Listeners, because he always forgets. That's what I do. I do forget. Okay, so here's the thing, right? To 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 segue us out of this uh, horrific, horrifically dominant football chat on on an international break, I believe, Carl, you have a funny trivia question to put to myself. Oh yeah, 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 I do. Yeah, and if you've heard the Times podcast midweek, then close your ears or or try and act clever. Um, Only two people have ever played for Manchester United. Manchester City and Liverpool. One was before the First World War, and he was called Geordie something. Who was the second? Shit. Manchester United, Manchester City, and Liverpool. And it's it's, it's very much our era. Brenchy, like I mean, we're, we're talking from 1945 on. Like this is this is the days. <laughs> well, that that's your era. <laughs> yes. This is back in your teenage days. You know, come on, let's 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 work. The, let's Your young Stanley Matthews was playing. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember when? Remember when you used to jump over the styles? It was two and six, etc. <laughs> I never paid two and six, mate. I just jumped over the style. Uh, yeah, I, we used to get in at three quarter time. Yeah, well, that's oh, sort of stuff. <laughs> Three quarters of time, Jesus. I used to take my uh, milk crate in with me. Yeah. Uh, oh, hang on. I know it. I fucking know it. It's just on. come to me. Is it Stevie McManaman? Or McMahon? No, I never played for United. Oh, no, he never played for United. Man. He played for Everton. Played for, played for Everton. Play, uh, so I thought you said Everton, Liverpool, and. Uh, no, the two. The two the United best thing is, I know this, but I can't think of it. United City. I've seen, I've seen this question before somewhere. United City, Liverpool. Fuck. I, I don't. Uh, it's not Beardsley because he played for Everton. It was Everton. That's what I thought. Yeah, like, no. I was thinking yeah, Everton because uh, he had one appearance in the league for United, didn't he? But he didn't. Okay, this, this is rapidly turning into bad podcasting because. Well, in that case, uh, I can tell you, it's Peter Beardsley. What he, he went on loan. He, he, he went on loan to City for six games at the end of his career. Shit! No way! I yeah. knew that. I knew that. Oh, fuck! I interviewed the fella, and he told me, "Oh, gee. <laughs> Oh, oh, you need to be God. shot. I, sh- I should be taken round the back of the woodshed. Oh my God, Cam! I think I, I, I that, think I think I think Trevor just write everything down from that one, not just titles. yeah. That's worse than astrology. That is. <laughs> Come on, there are eleven. No, no. there you, are eleven. You interviewed the guy, and you and he told you. <laughs> he did fucking tell me. I just had that. a slip of the tongue. You know you didn't. Well, let's not go there. Um, oh, is this being recorded, Dan? Uh, he, he, we even walked up to you and said, Hello, Trev. I'm Peter Beersley. I'm only the second player to play for Manchester United. <laughs> and he wrote it down on a bit of paper while he was talking to you about it. Uh, in the back of a fag packet, yeah. yeah. I, I've met Peter Beersley, but I'll tell you that story some other time. Yeah, that sounds like a good yeah, one. Yeah, I've met him as well. Let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's save that for another day. Okay, so basically there's a million and one things we could talk about to, to, to wrap this one up. Um, uh, we've got, from my standpoint here, somewhere between 10 and 15 before Guy, uh, Guy Drinkle uh, cuts the uh, power cord off. Make, make it 15. Let's go big. I think I think I think there's definitely at least fifteen. Look, here's the, the one. There, there's lots of things we need to get through. There's lots of things we need to get through. Um, 
I have one specific question I'm going to throw it out there and I want you to think about it. Let it sort of um, uh, fester there or fester is a bad word. <laughs> Let well, it you mar- know what happened last time I, I started thinking, yeah. Let, yeah, I know. Listen, it's, it's, not, it's not healthy for you to think at all. But let it marinate in the back of your head. Now, the first question is, uh, it's something I heard. I was listening to Adam Buxton's pod. He was talking to Simon Pegg. And the two lads were chatting about who's the first uh, sort of public figure that you, you know, like, you know, um, known by everyone figure that you really, really, really fancy. The lads were talking about, you know, it was quite an interesting chat. They were chatting about their various, like, you know, uh, early snogs and sexual awakening and all the rest. It was an interesting chat. And uh, they were talking about at one stage, who was the first person you really sort of realized, oh, I think I like uh uh, the idea of X, Y, or Z person. So that is to be sort of... Um, so like a first crush? Kind of thing. Uh, uh, someone from TV or movies or, 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 or music or whatever. Have that pickling away in the back of your head. But in the meantime, what we need to do is go to a question from, from Simon, who is, of course, a, 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 a contributor, hefty horse, um, fellow Irishman. He says... We were, we were chatting, lads, about biscuits during the week. Now, there's another question as well from Mo about Cadbury Snowflake. I'm not forgetting you, Mo. Don't worry. Um, but um, Simon said, look, if you're talking biscuits, I have a question to ask. Do you dunk or do you not dunk? Now, this is absolutely classic uh, uh, podcast fare. I know at least on two other podcast uh, groupings that I've been part of, we've discussed this before. But it never gets tired, this chat. And I want to go back to it. It, it, it deserves revisiting. He says... You know, if you do dunk, and he does, you can often end up with this sort of horrible, sort of messy, as he calls it, congealed crumb at the bottom of your tea. Uh, So to dunk or not to dunk is question one. Question two, if you do dunk, if you're a dunker, what's your best biscuit to dunk? He reckons hobnob or malted milk. Now, I'm going to take immediate exception to the hobnob because if you're dunking something that has chocolate on it, you have to be immensely careful. Uh, I don't really enjoy being careful about dunking. But anyway, malted milk's a good chef. First of all, Cam, dunking or not dunking? Oh, dunk all day long. And it doesn't matter about whatever whatever goes to the bottom because you don't have to drink all of it. Yeah, you do. It's tea. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. You don't have to drink all of it. You can You can drink as much as you want. And if you want, go and make yourself a second cup. It's not a problem. And carry on dunking. Uh, as for which... Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah, but Cam, you, you know, you say, you say, you know, just throw it away and start again. That's, you, you are, you're completely ignoring the horrific moment when you get to the bottom, like, you know, the bottom third or quarter of your cup of tea and your lips brush against this horrible, what what, what Simon called a congealed mess, this horrible sort of soft, puffy remnant of a, of a, of a rich tea or whatever biscuit it is that you've been drinking. That's that's quite a horrific moment. To some, maybe others may enjoy it. <laughs> takes Good all Lord. sorts, brother. It, it does take all sorts. sorts. You know, okay. what I mean, so, you know, so, just so, because just because you and I may be repulsed by it doesn't mean say the man on the other side of the mic is repulsed by it. I'm really not convinced you're repulsed by it at all. Just for the record, it doesn't bother me in the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so uh, Simon, Simon's given an absolutely fantastic uh, shout of of a, a dunker in the malted milk. What a wonderful biscuit that is! It's a, it's an old school it's a good biscuit. biscuit. I love biscuit. that. Yep. Your your top dunkers. Um, I enjoy a butter shortbread. Okay. Yeah, I really do like dunking that. I I just think 
it's just wonderful and you get that um you get that quite sugary taste off there as well can i I double check something with you because you did say a butter shortbread yeah it's just you know that's just what they are is that a specific thing that i haven't heard of before do you not just mean what's a shortbread all but to shortbread I think, I think I think all, all shortbread is butter shortbread. Yeah. yeah. Okay, because the reason I ask um, uh, that particular question is because I'm coming back to Carl Kopak with another question, uh, biscuit-related, which came from this oh. big elongated... Sorry, you, uh, of course I'm coming back to you with your dunkers, Carl, don't worry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I've I, also got, I've got, I've got, a, I've got a quandary for you. I've got a, a moral quandary, if you will. Um, what do you think... Uh, Carl, after you've given us your, your verdict on dunking or not dunking and which biscuits are good to dunk, what do you think about the concept of buttering biscuits together? Um, um, I'm going to give you some <laughs> specific... Brain? Brain? No, no. As soon as you said butter biscuits together, Hold that's up. just thrown me completely. Hold <laughs> off, Brainty. Hold off. Um, I'm, I'm speaking specifically... Uh, from from where I am in this area of Ireland, people used to do it with things called Marietta biscuits, which were kind of wafery, sort of uh, uh, very plain biscuits. They also did it with um, what are those ones? What are those ones? Uh, not digestives. The other really, really Rich plain tea. biscuits. Which rich tea. They did with rich tea as well. And I remember as a child squeezing them together and the butter coming out between the little gaps in the rich tea biscuits. I do remember that. I will hold my hands up and say, now obviously I haven't done it as an adult because... You're an adult. I'm an adult. But (laughs) (laughs) However, the people showing me how to do it at the time were adults. So there's a lot in that. Let's rewind. First of all, dunk or not dunk. Second of all, what's good to dunk. And third of all, Putting butter in biscuits, is it animalistic behaviour or is it perfectly fine? Okay, I'll answer in bullet points. Dunking, yes. Um, I like a cho- a dark chocolate ginger biscuit, a bit Oof. posh. Oof. Uh, and I, I don't care that it's chocolate plus tea. Um, I like the fact that it's competitive because you've got to be quick, and I like that. Uh, <laughs> you've gamified your dunking. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, okay. if you go over, if you go over 0.76 of a second, you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. And you're basically you, you, you've gone from tea to a mocker of some sort, uh, a tea mocker, if you will. Yeah. Um, and ginger. the other question, yeah, oh, yeah, dark. It's got to be dark chocolate as well. And before um, anybody says anything, uh, tea mocker, we've already trademarked. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Although, if the, I love the next part also. Although, if the good people of Kenko want to get involved, they've got the details. <laughs> I give it up. It's never going to happen. Stop it. Seriously. <laughs> we, we've done this. We've done this process. No, don't do tea. They do coffee, don't they? Yeah. I think they might do, oh, I don't know. A bit of research for next week for us there. Come yeah. on with this. Yeah. 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 That's brilliant. Uh, we, we, we are, are you, sponsored by Wikipedia. Um, so. <laughs> Trev, could you write that down, please? Yeah. yeah. In, in no way do I feel like a prostitute now. Go ahead, Carl. No. Uh, and the final question about putting butter in between biscuits. Get the hell away from me. <laughs> totally agree. Really? Really? Yes. That's disgusting. You, you, you do know that um, it went from the Marietta biscuits I spoke of, which some of us will, will recognize. Maybe it's only Irish people who know that. I've never heard of that. To, to, the, rich, to the rich tea biscuit. Well, let, let, me, let me tell you. A Marietta biscuit is like a rich tea biscuit, except thinner and even plainer, if that's possible. Like, uh, you know, uh, really, really, really bland biscuit um the rich tea has at least a little bit of sweetness to it marietta didn't have the the conversation went as far as buttering digestives lads 
buttering digestives. Uh, you what, know, what you need there is a better biscuit. That's what you basically told them. You should just it. have a better biscuit. That's a good yeah. shout. Yeah, I remember, I remember not that like uh, maybe two three years ago. Um, Brian Riley on, on, on Twitter was talking about, you know, when you're making a sandwich, do you butter the bread or the meat? And I have a feeling this is going to be what? even more. What? 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 He did. And I feel this is going to be even more divisive. Um, but anyway, buttering biscuits. Come back to us on that, listeners, and let us uh, know the full uh, extent of your of your wrath. Um, you, you too can be wrong. You too can yeah. be wrong. <laughs> Uh, there's so many other things we could talk about but we've now rocked up on the hour so I'm going to leave you boys to choose your final topic Um, we have lots and lots that we could choose from is there anything that I've missed out immediately that you really want to talk about Cam just before we finish off We've got, our crush, we've got our crushes to do, obviously. We have our crushes to do, but just uh, uh, that's okay. our last point. Uh, okay. Do you do you do you have a, do you have anything else? For example, uh, let me just run this past you. I, oh. We mentioned earlier on in, in the uh, in the broadcast, right at the start, actually, in my introduction, I mentioned that Guy Drinkle is busily watching some show called Blacksmith Bake Off, and I don't know about you, but I'm bloody fascinated to see what that <laughs> is. I'm genuinely bloody fascinated. But in the chat that followed. Guy admitted to watching American Pickers. Now, have you seen this, Cam? I have, yeah. Um, you know, I, I watch I this. I know what it is, yeah. Yeah, I watch this because I'm, I'm obviously as a teacher, I, I, I'm basically, I never work. Um, so I'm, I'm off most of the time. And uh, I, I, during the summer then, I do, I can turn on the TV in the morning and see things that are on. And American Pickers is on. It's one of those things that I will watch. Now, I will tell you, I have an abhorrence of antiques. Anything that's dusty or moldy or musty, I love. I love that people are so into it. But for me, like my house would be basically white, and there would be like the sparsest furniture and no, like lots of open spaces. That's my ideal way to live. Like something like from two thousand and one, a space odyssey, basically. Okay. But I do enjoy watching the lads rooting around the dust. Do you, do you, is there anything about that particular show that, that appeals to you? Oh, I've, I've only watched it when it's nothing else is sort of on. I've not really taken a, a massive interest to it, but I do, uh, I do like antique shows. So, um, you have a personal uh, connection to the most recent one, don't you? The, the, oh, definitely. Yeah. What Drinkle was telling me earlier, that was, uh, I was, I wanted to cancel the pod. Yeah. I wanted because, to go and watch. Because oh, Dr. Pepper. They were at the home of Dr. Pepper. At the home of Dr. Pepper. And there was what they do very well on that show is they love looking at signage. Uh, that's what I've noticed. And I do actually, like, the, the student in me would love that old signs and stuff like that. Um, the old, like, you know, student chic stuff. But, you know, you know, 23-year-old me, or whoever I am now, uh, doesn't really, adult me doesn't really like that shit anymore. Carly, you an antiques, man? Not at all, no. Not at all. You embrace um, modernity with a with a open arms. Uh, no, it's, that's not really me. That sort of thing, to be honest. Uh, but, but but I am a man who was recently involved in an auction for a street sign. So you know that's about as far as I'll go. Yeah, see, well, that's that's a different thing. That you are you are Mister History, like well, specific yeah. aspects. Of, you do love all that. So can you could, could you see a situation where you'd be maybe gathering trinkets around yourself that might have something to do with like, oh, who knows, maybe the Ripper or something. Books and DVDs. Books that's, and DVDs. About, that's about as far as I go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of which I've got, I've got far too many of both. 
you see that for me all the rest of it is just old tat and i know that's sacrilege yeah. i know it's sacrilege but i can't i just can't anyway Cam, you've had long enough to think about this, to finish this out for tonight. Um, I asked you earlier on, like, based on a, a chat I was listening to, which got into some seriously dodgy detail that I could have done without, um, between uh, celebrity Simon Pegg and Adam Buxton uh, <laughs> about uh, about their, their early uh, forays into romantic interludes, and they were talking about their various relationships and early experiences and all that. I'll, just, I'll save you the uh, overly exposed versions of those questions and ask you just, who was... Can you remember your earliest celebrity crush? And bear in mind, Cam, that if you want to maybe dissemble a little bit here to hide the fact that you are you are born, what was it, early 30s or whatever it was, if you want to hide that a little bit, that's absolutely fine. But, you know, just for the sake of the listeners, an early uh, sort of TV public figure that you went, I think I might like the girls. Well, if, if you want to go... Veronica-like? Well, hey. I, I was going to say Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Nothing wrong with that. Jane, Jane, what was the surname? Mansfield. Mansfield, yeah, she was. Yeah. Uh, this is my era we're talking about. Go on, go on. Yeah, but um, in all honesty, it was a uh, those. That was one of one of two, so I can't really remember which one was first. Okay, hang um, on. I'm going to guess one of them. One of them is Carrie. Some's Carrie Fisher. No, no. Shit. Okay, no. go on, go on. Um. Uh, Debbie Harry, Debbie Harry. Yeah, that, that 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 was in my top three. That's yeah. definitely in your top three. I knew that. Yeah, but, yeah. and and, and uh, I I I can't remember her name. Uh, uh, the blonde, another blondie. Uh, from uh, Abba. Agneta oh, Falsog. Ag- that's the one. Agneta, wasn't it? Yeah, Agneta. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Sorry, I, I always do this when she comes up because it's my favorite Frank Skinner joke ever. Which is? Said, I always fancy the blonde one from ABBA, but I can never remember his name. He <laughs> <laughs> had great. a great beard, though. He had a great yeah. beard. <laughs> to bet, for, for the record, the two lads were called Bjorn and Benny, and I can't remember the other girl's name. Agnita. Uh, Agnita. I guess it, was, it was something very similar, wasn't it? It was uh, Ag- oh. Agnieszka or something like that. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, I, here's me trying to pretend I, I knew. I, I think it was, it was Swedish, anyway. I've a oh, well done, pal. I've heard that. Uh, I've heard. Um, I've heard Adab, Abba Gold on repeat because my kid got into it, and um, I was. It got painful, but you do have to hold your hands up and say they were ridiculously good uh, pop writers. Um, SOS. The way SOS kicks in after the intro. Yeah. Look, did I mean it's, it's beautiful? It's beautiful the way that goes. That goes big. Honestly, big. Honestly, they, they were geniuses. I mean, that that's that's. That like it's just full of bangers. That Abba Gold yeah. thing, it's just ridiculous. Anyway, that was Cam shouts. Then were uh, her from Abba, and who was your other one? Who was your other one? Um, Debbie Harry. Debbie Harry. Okay, now, Debbie Harry was obviously going to be in your crowd, uh, uh, Carl. And I think I'm going to say I'm right again in saying that uh, Carrie Fisher was in yours as well. Definitely in top five. Yeah, top five, Carrie Fisher and Debbie. Absolutely. Okay, so give me give me at least two more then, so that we we can get a picture, we can get a full sort well, of. Well, uh, can I can I do a, um uh, can I can I go one trivia? Yeah. Um, my actual choice, and then one plus name drop. Hang on, hang on. What have you done here? You're rewriting the entire show. But yeah. yes, I'm 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 quite happy to. to I'm full to, of content. There's no problem with let's, this. Let, let, let's roll with the Kopaki and punches. Okay, first of all, trivia. Why are you giving us trivia? But who cares? Just, just because because I, I thought about this the other day. Is um, it a question? Is it if it's not a question? Can you frame it as a question? 
I can try. Which what? actress played Terry McCann's girlfriend in Minder and also went out with the Fonz? Is it Rula Lenska? Nope. She wasn't in Happy Days. I don't know, man. I'm guessing here. So uh, who was it? Susie, Susie Quattro. Okay, good job. Hang on, hang on. Susie Quattro, again, for, for those of you who were born, you know, nice. time within the last 40 years and does not, don't know who Susie Quattro is, a uh, uh, British rock star of the 70s? Yeah, 70s. Uh, she was before my time as well, I will absolutely admit. But Susie Quattro, is she in your top five, man? Um, a, a very early influence, shall we say. <laughs> An early influence. <laughs> <laughs> what exactly was she influencing? Actually, that's not me. That's that's for mate Dev, who often talks about uh, that as, as as a very very young man. He, he, he was, she was the first woman he thought. Hmm. When he saw her on Tanny Mods. Uh, but uh, my my actual choice is, um, and it involves a name drop. And I may have told this story before, but I'm not sure. So I work for a very large cardiovascular charity. And um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, that could that possibly be? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and one one day I had um uh, I had to volunteer I was told to volunteer at a, an art gallery in West Kensington London um because Peter Sellers who died of a heart attack and had many heart problems um his uh widow and daughter put on a photographic display of his of his photos so things like you know him with the Beatles him as part of the Goon Show um uh the, him was it Lady Killers who was in the, the um uh the old film and um. I forgot what those films are called now. That's going to annoy me. Um, you know, Passport to Pimlico, that type of film. Um, and so I went there, and a woman came in to me, and I'd say she was early 60s, and she walked in. Of course, the, it's a gallery. It's not exactly packed. The Ealing, Ealing Comedies. Ealing brought, the Ealing Comedies, that's what I'm thinking of, yeah. Anyway, so I'm in there, and this woman comes in, and she says, um, has blah, blah, blah been in? I'm, so, I'm just looking up for my laptop. I was actually writing at the time. No, in case my boss was listening, I was working. <laughs> uh, she said, um, and I looked as if to say, "You've just wandered in off the street, love. Why would anyone ring you here?" I went, "No." I said, oh, "My friend, whatever her name was, said that she might ring ahead because um, because I, I got a bit I got a bit late and I don't know if she's been here or not." And I went, "Well, I don't know who you are." So, and I was a little bit annoyed at this. And then she just looked at me and said, "Oh, it's because I, I I was in a few films with um, uh, with Peter. I was in two of his films." I went, "All oh, right." I was, oh gosh, you want me to ask, don't you? You want me to ask? Okay, um, what films? So she mentioned the two films, not a clue me. I said, okay, what's your name? And she said, oh, you wouldn't have heard of me. Uh, my name's Francois Pascal. Oh. Exactly. And my answer oh. is Francois Pascal, who was in a sitcom called Mind Your Language. Yes. In about 1975, six maybe. Yes. Uh, where she played the French girl. She and, was amazing. And she's now my friend. She's now your friend. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we have we have conversations on it on Facebook Messenger. Do you, do you know what? For once, for once, Mister Carpack, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take your ridiculous clang, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go up about three flights of stairs. I'm going to take a manhole cover and drop it from there and go kaboom because. Yeah. One thing that I can do here is sort of slightly gives on both of you on this one, because when I was a kid, like uh, watching TV, there was a show called Dempsey and Make. I knew on. this was coming. Oh, Dempsey, Sam, Sam, you owe me a fiver. Dempsey, Dempsey, <laughs> Dempsey and Make Peace had the most beautiful woman in the world called Glynis Barber. Absolutely. And Glynis Barber was just a, a vision of loveliness. And she was. 
When I was maybe 20, 21, I got an opportunity. I was doing a lot of acting at the time, back in the day. I used to, that's the early 70s, yeah. That's what I used to do, yeah. That's what I used to do. And I'd been in a in a, a play, and I was got a chance to do a bit of special extra work, which means you get a line, so you get paid extra to do the line. I was in a scene with <coughs> Dan Aykroyd, and the mm-hmm. scene also included his uh love interest in the in the in the movie glennis barber my God. here i am looking acting beside the uh figure from my childhood childhood uh young teenhood which it sent my uh my my dials spinning glennis barber and there i was in the same scene as her and i have to say it's not often i'll say it lads but that <laughs> that's a wrap that's a wrap. I think we should finish on that. I think we should finish on that. In other words, Mr. Danny's just walked into the room. That means. Hello, good evening, Mrs. Downey. This is Downey's my ma, lads, for the record. <laughs> <laughs> but did and I ever yeah. tell you about Sangeeta from EastEnders? Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, lads. Come here. <laughs> Look at, look at Brangy casting his line out desperately trying. <laughs> look at so, me. Look at Brangy. Yeah, we've, we've, we've got showbiz. Mates. I'm relevant. I'm, yeah. Dude, you're always relevant to us. You're always relevant to us. Uh, by the way, I, just, I, I should have mentioned, I should have mentioned that um, Mr. Drinkle, uh, when we were chatting about this, uh, he's, and this will for the record, put into perspective the comparative youth of Young Drinkle in comparison to us, his uh, celebrity crush when he was a child was Jennifer Aniston, and that just makes me sad. It makes me. Sad. I, I thought I thought it was S Club. <laughs> <laughs> no, S Club's probably be like before his time. If yeah, probably yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we should finish this up. Um, we should finish this up for tonight. Um, this was the Anfield Index podcast. And before we go, as usual, I'll ask the lads if they have anything to plug. Carl, you mentioned a, an article earlier on. I'm sure it'll be one or two more, uh, despite the fact that there are no particular matches at the moment. Anything you want to just give a shout to? Yeah, I just wrote a piece about um, about how a minute can change a game and how uh, Liverpool did the right thing by being ruthless rather than sit around and say, oh, look at them. And that can be found? Uh, on Apple Index, yeah. It's called um, The Story of a Minute. Beautiful. Love that. Cam, anything from yourself before we go? Yeah, just quite to finish with. Go for it. Every day we have plenty of opportunities to get angry, stressed, or offended. But what you're doing when you indulge these negative emotions is giving something outside yourself power over your happiness. You can choose not to let little things upset you. Hmm. Rory Dalap. Adam Lana. Hey. Jordan Henderson. Who was it, pal? I've no idea who it is, but it's oh, the, name, the name, the name is there is a name, and it's Joel Osteen, okay. whoever that is. I uh, don't know. One way or the other. Uh, did what? What was it that appealed to you about that man? Um, it's actually my little lad. Um, again. again uh, he, he had his uh, parents' evening last week, and uh, he came back and uh, he said, "My teacher says I get uh, upset very, very easily." And he does; he takes everything to heart. So you just say to him, "Oh, you're you're really, really naughty," even though he's not. He'll think he's really, really naughty, and um, it just got me thinking. That was all. 
Look at Brenchy absolutely gazumping whatever myself and Carl had to do with a story about his little lad at the end. You are an absolute bastard. I know. Absolute, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's either a grenade, like a deliberately thrown grenade, or a little kind of poignant tale about your kid, which we can't compete with. God damn you, Brenchy. God damn you. On that note, we should finish up with me thanking you, our supporters, our listeners, whatever you want to call yourselves. We do appreciate you immensely. Thanks for listening to the show. If you um, would be inclined, we'd really appreciate if you pass the show on to somebody else. Tell them about it. Tell them a little story from it. Uh, tell them you should listen to that branch lad who keeps gazumping the end of the show. Whatever you have to do to get them to listen, we will appreciate that immensely. And I mean, I can't tell you how much we'd appreciate that. So please, just for the sake of whatever it is that we've given you over a while, it's a lot of shows. It's a lot of hours. There is some prep work, despite the fact that Copac insists I don't. Um, there is some prep work. Um, so look, we are trying to do something that will be of benefit to you in terms of distracting you. If you could pass it on, that's all we ask in return. I've been Trev Downey. Until we speak to you again, be kind to your fellow Reds and stay safe out there. Podcast Network.